Hello and welcome back to Freedom Machines with Freddie Dobbs. Today's episode is brought to you by Sizzap, which is a motorcycle tracker and rider's mate that I've been using for a few months now. And it's come in extremely useful while my Bonneville is still 12 days later at the mechanic because it's hooked up to my battery and I've had to let the mechanics know that my battery is now getting down to a low level so they can then quickly charge the Bonneville. That's how long it's been in there because 12 days plus probably in reality two days before that that I wasn't riding it much because it sounded so embarrassing. It's been the best part of two weeks that it's been properly ridden and I really didn't think that when I dropped it off it would it would be two weeks later but anyway I'll get on to that in a second this week's episode is proudly brought to you by Sizzap the motorcycle tracker and rider's mate and I'll continue with the Bonneville because what I know so far is that yesterday a full 11 days after I dropped it off, the the chain and sprockets should, in theory, have arrived for the bike. And I guess this is the thing with island living. Everything will take longer, and if they need to ship some stuff in, it will take longer. But I'm just... I don't know if I'm surprised. It's just a shame that that it takes a while to get what is a fairly standard part in chain and sprockets over to Tenerife. And that is, there are a huge amount of positives, that is a negative of island living. It's harder and takes longer to get stuff. So it's 12 days in. I messaged the mechanic about two hours ago just to see how it's going. And he said, we're still working on it. So what type of work's going on with it? What's needed? How big the bill is? I am completely in the dark and I have no idea. If the chain and sprockets came, yesterday and that hasn't done the job and maybe they need to get some I don't know something else to sort out the awful clonking noise I don't know I don't know if they then need to wait another week until some more parts can get shipped in but triumphs they're not popular here they're not plentiful here in Tenerife like they are in the UK in the UK they're everywhere but they're not you don't get that many here so I don't know I'm in the dark it's been almost two weeks can't wait to see what happens but I had the Ducati Monster in the meantime because I've been really curious about testing out a Ducati I did the recent poll that I shared with you where 53% of Ducati owners said that they would rate their bike as reliable and 52% of Ducati owners said that they would buy another Ducati but I know there's some magic about the Ducati so I was curious to try one and see what it was like. So I tested out a 2003 600cc model and it was good. It was a good bike but it did leave me thinking afterwards. It it sits in a funny area with its 53 horsepower 600cc when you can get a Suzuki Bandit of the same year. You know, the build quality doesn't feel too far off Suzuki Bandit compared to the Ducati and the Bandit's more powerful. So for me, it sits in a slightly strange area. And I go back to it with Ducati because I don't know if they're built to last. And someone did a comment, wrote a comment on YouTube to me 
probably about two or three weeks ago now, and he said that his friend in the motor trade says that old Ducatis, and I'll be specific here, old Ducatis, I don't want to paint them all with the same brush. He said that old Ducatis, once you get to about 20,000 miles plus, forget it. Is that fair or not? I don't know. I don't have first-hand experience, but a few little things have probably scared me off a bit with older Ducatis, and can they really be used as... Well, can they really be used as a, a genuine, viable, everyday mode of transport, which is what I would need it for? And I just don't know. I mean, at the moment, there are only two Ducati Monsters online. One of them's got 14,000 miles on the clock. One of them's got 27,000 miles on the clock. But are there any, are there any really high mileage Ducati Monsters on the market to prove that they can do these high mileage these high mile figures and I'm looking now I'm just flicking through different Ducati monsters if I have a look at the 900 I think that's I think that will be one of the older models if I I've had a look at the 600 there are only two available if I go and have a look at the 900 I mean even the 900 Ducati monster 900 there are only two available on Auto Trader for bikes one of them's got 23,000 miles the other's got 12,000 miles where are they? Where are all the used Ducatis? If you have an old Ducati Monster with high mileage, I mean 50,000 miles plus or probably 80 to 90,000 kilometers plus, please do let me know. I don't know if they exist. I don't know if Ducati Monsters can do high miles, 50, 60,000 miles plus. I'm, I'm dubious. Here's an interesting bit of news that's very pertinent to all of the the Brits, all of the Londoners, because the ULED zone, the ultra-low emission zone, came into play a couple of days ago in London. And basically what that means is that they've gigantically expanded a zone and which now encompasses a huge, huge chunk of London pretty much well it does it encompasses the entire inner London now all the way over to Greenwich and over to the west and basically what that means is that if your diesel car is 2015 or older or your petrol car is I think 2006 or older you must pay a £12.50 a day surcharge otherwise you'll be fined so everyone's desperately selling their old diesel cars and my parents classic their diesel car is a 2015 so it's a few months before the cutoff period so theirs is no longer allowed to drive into london unless you're willing to pay the 12 pounds 50 so everyone's desperately selling their diesel cars in london at the moment and you could think right for the the sake of the well-being of my wallet I now need to go out and buy an electric vehicle, whether it's an electric motorbike or an electric car. And that's brilliant from an environmental point of view, and I'm all for that. But from a financial point of view, it sounds like the benefits will be very much temporary because, and this is quite eye-opening, and I'm on, I'm just reading here, the the changes, not even, and I'm quoting here, not even electric cars will be free as huge changes are coming. 
and I progress through the article, it looks like from 2025, from actually Christmas Day 2025, the clean vehicle discount will be scrapped, meaning that all vehicles, all drivers, will have to pay the daily charge in the capital city, in London. So whatever car you buy now, if you go out and you buy an electric vehicle, safe in the knowledge that you can now drive into London hassle-free and not have to pay these big charges, in four years, whatever happens, whatever car, whatever bike or vehicle you have, you're going to have to be paying the £12.50 a day to get in there. And I guess it's obvious that this was coming because with all of these incentives to get more economical, environmentally friendly vehicles, the government still has to make their money somehow. It's not just going to wave you along as you're happily skipping around in an electric vehicle, getting in for free. It can't afford to lose the colossal money that it makes on whether it's fuel for petrol or diesel or whether it's these charges to get into the big cities. It's not going to happily bend over and lose them. So things will change. And that's the same with electric, I'm sure. For example, once everyone moves over to electric vehicles, the government will not willingly give up all of the taxes, the duties that they make from petrol and diesel. It's not going to happen. So in the long term, they will find a way to tax drivers and riders. And one of the proposed ideas is taxing per mile so taxing you per mile that you drive or ride. And I'm I'm almost 100% sure, almost, well, I'm 100% sure this will definitely come into play as people move over to electric. You're not going to get a free ride. I mean, I'm all for it. I'm sure I'll get an electric vehicle as well for the environment. And it will have to be an environmental argument over a financial argument in the coming years. Bit of bad news for bikers. In the UK, modifying your motorcycle could well be made illegal soon. And this is an article that I was reading a couple of days ago from MCN, Motorcycle News. Basically, at the moment, and this is interesting, the reasons for the proposed changes are twofold. Ensuring emission standards after manufacturer uh, after manufacture and uh, for autonomous vehicles. So currently, there is no test for motorcycles' emissions once it leaves the factory, which presents a headache for the scheme, such as the ultra-low emission zone in London, which is based entirely on which euro rating the vehicle met at manufacturer. So clearly, if a, uh, it goes on and on, but basically... For motorcycles, whatever whatever emissions standard it hit when it left the factory and you purchased it, it will stay as that. Whatever modifications you do, they will not change the emission standard. So if you, for example, heavily modify your bike, the engine, the exhaust, it doesn't matter. It's still going to be whatever standard it left the factory in. And I think what they're trying to do here, the government, they're trying to put an end to this so you're not allowed to do anything to the engine the exhaust it sounds like possibly you won't be allowed to do stuff to the frame and things like that although we'll have to wait and see what happens with that but it does sound like engine modifications exhaust modifications could potentially potentially be a thing of the past and while motorcycle 
modifying or aftermarket motorcycle parts companies may be trembling a little bit at this news. I actually think motorcycle manufacturers, Ducatis, the BMWs, the Yamahas, they may be rubbing their hands together because this isn't going to affect them adversely in any way at all. In fact, I think this will be hugely beneficial for them because especially with the modern classic scenes, the, the motorcycle manufacturers, they know where the money is. The money is in the add-ons, the aftermarket parts, the specking your motorcycle directly from the dealer to personalize your bike the way you want. Bike personalization has never been so popular and the motorcycle companies have very, uh, very evidently now clocked onto this. So when you go on to, whether it's Triumph or RLM Field, you have a, well, you're spoilt for choice. Whether it's you want to add panniers, you want to add different indicators, you want to add different seats, this, that, X, Y, Z, different exhausts. You do all of that straight through the motorcycle manufacturer. And if you buy, whether it's a BMW R19, you spec it with a sports exhaust from BMW and you spec it with X and Y and Z, that's fine. That's all completely legal. What will be illegal is using aftermarket parts from third-party companies, but actually modifying or specking your vehicle the way you want it when you buy it straight from the manufacturer, that will be fine. So it's not going to be remotely an issue for the big biking companies. And I expect, or I suspect, they will actually be quite happy with the news. I've got something that's really relevant now because the American motorcycle company Buell, which was the sporty arm of Harley Davidson, they tried making cool, what would you call them? Super naked bikes around about the year 2000 to 2010 off the top of my head, something like that. And I know this, I know this because I was very close to buying a Buell. When I bought my Triumph Speed Triple about eight years ago, it was between that, a Ducati Monster, and a Buell, and a couple of Japanese bikes. I think the GSX-1400 and the Yamaha XJR-1300. But anyway, a Buell was in there. And it was exactly the same price as my Triumph Speed Triple about seven or eight years ago. It was £4,000. And I'll get onto that in a second. That just gives you a bit of an overview. Because I read an article... Again, MCN. Buell are back. And they are making sports bikes, by the look of things. They'll be focusing on savagely fast sports bikes with 182 horsepower. The name of the bikes will be... It's a great name, actually. Hammerhead 1190. Uh, they... Well, they, they look like... They look, they look a bit like a mix between a BMW, I'm so bad at sports bikes, There's the BMW sports bike, S1000RR, and maybe a Ducati or something like that. Yeah, they look good. What's the market like? What's the, the hunger like for the sports bikes? I'm a bit surprised they didn't stay with the super nakeds, you know, to, to go and attack the... Well, you could even go a bit on the retro side to, to aim at the, the R9T or go for the Triumph Speed Triple or some of the Japanese bikes. But no, they have gone full on sports bike with performance at the absolute forefront. It's great to have the name back. 
I would just be interested to see what the appetite is like for for another sports bike on the market. But certainly the bikes they used to make, I'm a huge fan and I wish them all the luck in the world because I love, I love it when these, it's not even old, an old brand, but I like it when these brands come back and the Americans do make very cool bikes. That got me thinking. Buell, did I make the right choice when I bought my Triumph Speed Triple and I paid £4,100 for my Triumph Speed Triple? And there were plenty of Buells available at the time and they were exactly the same price. And I've just gone on to Auto Trader for Bikes now to see how they're doing because the Triumph Speed Triple that I bought hasn't dropped a penny, not one penny. They are still £4,000 in the UK for, mine was a 2007 model, 2007 Triumph Speed Triple, hasn't dropped one penny. Of course, I sold it for a huge loss, but I sell everything for a huge loss. But for every normal person, it's it's just a really good buyer, Triumph Speed Triple, especially in the UK. You know, Triumphs hold the value well here, but they're well liked in the UK. But how did the Buell fare over the past eight years since I've last looked at it? And there aren't many models available. I think I was looking at, they're, they're all the 1200ccs, 1100ccs. I think one's called the XB12R. And then you've got, basically you've got a naked one and then you've got a kind of semi-bikini fairing one. The cheapest Buell is... Okay, I'm not going to include that one. Here we go. The cheapest boot we're looking at, two and a half thousand pounds. So this one has, that looks completely ridiculous. This one has a full pannier set on it. And I'll just check this. It's a 1200, 2008 model with a full pannier set on it. But that's got panel damage. I'm going to ignore it. Any bike with damage, forget about it. Let's get to the proper ones with no damage available. Okay, the cheapest one at the moment is coming in at £3,795. No, and see, see, this has got panel damage as well. Panel damage. Can't include that. No, okay, forget about that. Let's find, here we go. I'm up to £4,249 now. And even this is the fully fared, the fared one. And it's not the exactly, it's not the most desirable one. For me, the most desirable one is the one with absolutely no fairings. So I'm going to push on. And the prices do start going up. I would say, I continue, continue. Here we go. The first one. The first one coming in. Ah, but that's modified. You don't really want a modified one. I want a standard one if I'm going to buy one of these bikes as standard as possible. Six and a half thousand. See, this is this is what happens when bikes get rare. The first, I would say, really nice standard one. Year 2009, six and a half thousand pounds this has gone up about two and a half thousand pounds in the past eight or nine years this is a lovely looking black one it's not completely standard <coughs> excuse me it's got blue wheels but nothing obvious has been done to to the bike and i really think these wheels need to stay completely 100 percent standard i don't think they modify too well they look great as they are okay 1200cc 
2009 Buell Lightning, six and a half thousand pounds with a full a full year's check, three owners on the clock, full service history. They say you won't find a better one than this. And it looks absolutely stunning. Th this is really amazing. I'll do one more here. One more final one. Absolutely standard. 3,000 miles on the clock. Tiny mileage, admittedly, but 7,000 pounds. If you'd have bought this eight or nine years ago, you could have had some happy riding, a lot of happy riding, and you wouldn't have lost a penny. You probably, in reality, there's one for £6,000 with 22,000 miles on the clock because it was only the naked ones I wanted. £6,000 uh, £6, with 22,000 miles on the clock. £6,000! So the cheapest one that I would have gone for that's standard, and it must be standard, is £6,000. So I could have owned this bike. I could have owned it for eight to nine years, and it would be worth more now. It'd be worth more. And you're not spoiled for choice here in the UK. If you want a Buell, you're going to have to, you're gonna have to accept that you do not have much to choose from. So it's a bit of, by the looks of things, a seller's market. That's the key for any type of, any type of motorcycle or car if you want it to be an appreciating classic. Numbers, numbers is, is absolutely key. What is it a rare bike in essence? It's got to be appealing. Buell, it was appealing, it was quirky, it was unique, and they never ever sold in big numbers, especially in the UK. I can see prices of these really going up in the next few years, especially as they're back in business. Often happens when a company comes back in business, if I were more comfortable financially, I'd be buying a 2000 to 2009 naked Buell, 100%. And I would, I don't know, I don't want to be one of those people that just leaves it in the garage to, uh, to gather value. But I think it would actually gather value if I just left it in the garage. One bike. I was, well, I wasn't riding because the bike's gone at the moment, but I went for a drive to Tenerife's capital with Monica and I saw a bike that I've never considered in my life. Matte black, looked incredible, BMW GS650. This is one of the absolute entry-level BMWs. I couldn't believe how nice it looked as stealth as you like everything blacked out and it looked seriously mean and intimidating and I thought that was going to be a really really fun chuckable bike made from 2011 onwards MCN rating 4 out of 5 stars owner's rating 4.3 out of 5 and I'm just looking now actually owner's reliability rating not great 3.2 out of 5 for this BMW GS. I'll just give you an example here if I scroll down of reliability. What is, what's the issue? I'm quoting here. This is a great bike with a serious flaw. You are more than likely, hmm, you are more than likely uh, than you think to face starting issues. Even with a 2012 model, just have a look at the relevant four of the cases with the hot start problem increasing every day. Okay, they've got a start problem. My guess is looking at it, they have one fairly 
annoying issue with starting but apart from that they look fairly solid so you're going to have to take a bit of a risk with these but if you if you buy one leave it completely standard or stealth it out all matte black like the one I saw the police seem to love them here in Tenerife the police are all riding these BMW GS 650s or the BMW G 650s really popular and it kind of makes me want one they've only, only got about 53 horsepower it's not going to be a ridiculously stressed engine in fact they've got 47 horsepower and they come in three and a half k three and a half k for a nine-year-old BMW take a chance with that starting issue and you've got a very good looking motorbike that should do absolutely everything I think they come in at about a hundred and 190 kilos or something yeah 192 kilos annual servicing costs are 200 pounds a year single cylinder hmm. I'll be tempted by that three and a half K goodbye and I'm going to wrap it up with my bike of the week this bike of the week is completely unremarkable in almost every way there's nothing special about this bike at all it's a part a bit of a part spin special but you can pick it up for four thousand pounds it only came into production three years ago in 2018 it has absolutely proven rock solid reliability any guesses the bike in question 650 cc it looks genuinely good it's a it's a cafe racer style bike modern classic style bike this bike will absolutely not let you down it's the suzuki sv 650x three years old they only started making it three years ago MCN rating four out of five stars owners rating and this I think it may be the highest I've seen 4.8 out of five owners reliability rating five out of five 75 horsepower 650 cc and it looks completely completely flawless with regards to reliability being an everyday bike and at 75 horsepower that's going to be a seriously fun bike if I go to the specs it, as I said you know I'm looking at the weight I, I was hoping it'd be about 175 kilos it's 198 kilos there's nothing remarkable about this bike you look on paper it is your absolute bang on bang on average bike looks like new prices 5.6k it's just dirt dirt cheap 75 kilos it will be a good fun bike that in reality is going to keep up with absolutely anything on the road i used to have a suzuki band at 600 from 2002 these bikes are built to last they're built for proper proper high mileages and you can pick a 2018 model up for and i'll just check the mileage on this just sold just sold they're going to be popular these i thought they would be the cheapest one at the moment they also hold the value of four thousand four hundred pounds they they do hold the value decently considering they're only five thousand six hundred they look really incredible i'm on bike trader now four thousand four hundred pounds you can get one 
and this one they won't say the price they won't say the mileage but it doesn't look like it's done much 14,000 miles here we go great buy 4,400 pounds I think anyone looking for a nice looking bike that you can use as an everyday bike off the scale reliability take a look at the Suzuki SV650X it's actually a bike I'd probably consider myself and it goes under the radar a bit but that's it Thank you so much for staying with me with this week's podcast episode. Have a brilliant week, everyone. And I'll see you next week.